But if you have a passion for something and that passion, if there's a need in your community for what that thing is, whatever that thing is, I would say jump at the chance, take the risk and do it because it can be the most rewarding thing you ever do, but it's hard. You know, it, but you, I think you just have to commit to it, listen to yourself and follow yourself. You know, Vanessa and I are lucky that we have each other. Yeah, it can be hard as a, as a couple raising a family and can be difficult taking on something like this, but we've been lucky because we do have each other to bounce ideas off of and, and everything. Locking into a career that taps into your authentic self. How good does that sound? Welcome back. I'm Crystal Laurie. We're not only exploring interesting jobs on this show, but we're also examining the journey there. And on this Bucket List Careers, we're talking to Vanessa and Tori Ritter, really talented local musicians who run a school of rock for kids and adults in Mamaroneck, New York, that focuses on teaching through performance. And I have a personal connection to these two. My producer, Mark, keeps telling me, share it, Krista, share more. So (laughs) I will, even though journalists are trained to do the opposite, we're not supposed to make the story about us. (laughs) I will share that I actually sing in a rock band through their school. It's a lot of fun. We rehearse every week. We perform each season. And my son, who was in School of Rock the Musical on Broadway a few years ago, sorry for the flex, he's also been a student of theirs for years. He plays electric guitar. He sings in their house band, as well as in other performance groups. They just did a live stream show with a 90s theme, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, It was truly awesome. And this School of Rock is crushing it when it comes to keeping students engaged in a pandemic. So I think what Vanessa and Tori have built in about six years is a business and entire life that taps into who they truly are. In this conversation, they share with me why they ditched their previous careers, their pivotal moment that led to the transition, and how they've stayed nimble despite today's challenges for live music. Vanessa and Tori, thanks so much for being on the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having us. I also want to say right off the bat, congratulations on the Facebook live stream that you guys just put on for School of Rock. Just amazing stuff, keeping live music alive. (laughs) In the best way we could. That was a first for us doing that live stream kind of scenario. Talk about trying to get the audio right. And and we hired a professional in this case to help us get the visuals right. And so it was... It was a nice adventure for us because it was new for everybody. Well, it turned out amazing. And we'll talk about that as well as all your other pandemic pivots Mm -hmm. as we discuss your whole career evolution. As far as music fans out there or anybody really who respects a cool gig, you guys are the perfect bucket list career choice. You're both musicians. You're running a school of rock. Your boys who are also into rock and musicians do this. You're hanging around with musician teachers. You're really immersed in a rock and roll world day to day. But we also want to share with listeners how you got there. And when you reach that level of self-awareness, that's kind of the lens we want to speak through when we share your story. Because you both did not start off your careers in music instruction. No, not at all. It was a, a journey, a really long journey to getting here. We've been open for over six years, I think six and a half years almost now. But it was really maybe six years before that where the, the seedling uh, the idea started about getting into music, music education, specifically with the Paul Green School of Rock, which then just became School of Rock. It took us a while to really get ourselves organized to the point we felt we could make the leap into this career. 
Talk a little bit about your previous career situation and when you had this sort of pivotal moment where you were like, okay, I know what we want to do. Let's do it. Yeah. So I I had spent 15 years about in uh, the family business, educational publishing, Mm -hmm. and I'd been a musician my whole life. So the idea of, of music education really hadn't crossed my mind in the beginning. And then there was a performance that we saw of School of Rock in New York City and with kids performing with a professional musician from a famous band. And that was the aha moment of, okay, this is something we could do. This is something we, we could tackle. We had very, very young children of our own at the time. And it was daunting thinking about starting a business between the two of us having very young kids, but it, it became clear that it was a passion that we had and that we wanted to explore. What about you, Vanessa? I know you were in communications. What was in your mind when you were taking the leap to do this? Well, I always had the passion to do something that I loved. And I've always been a creative person. I was not athletic. So I really was driven to do the arts. I was a fine arts major. I was into music as well. Actually, Tori and I met in college and we had music teachers that we took like credits for that were married. And they were such an inspiration to us. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. And Tori and I, what we had in common is we had this like deep appreciation for rock music and everything from prog rock and Genesis and Yes. And that was actually one of our wedding songs from Yes. And not many people know them. So we really had that bond of rock music, traditional classic rock. Then I would say like as a family, when we were home with the kids, when they were little, rock band was like <laughs> such a fun thing that we did together. And I don't know if you know about it, but it was Lego rock band. What was that, like a karaoke thing? It was a game. It was on the Xbox. Okay, yes, yes, yes. It's like everyone played an instrument and it was toy instruments, but it really kind of laid the fundamentals of how to play guitar, how to hit the drums. It was kind of almost like a Simon Says type visual, Um, but it was super fun. And we got into it as a family and it really was there where we saw like how much our kids loved the music that they were learning how to play when they were about four or five years old. Right. So we thought maybe this would be a fun thing to pursue because kids really don't have access to that. And even for myself, I was always classically trained. I didn't have an option for rock music or contemporary music. So there wasn't that music education option that would have driven me to really pursue it even more Mm -hmm. and really helped me with a lot of other things in life, which is a, a wonderful philosophy of School of Rock. Apart from just music education, it really tries to teach you how to be confident and strong at things on stage and in life. Because what you learn from the stage, you apply to your life. Well, that's very true in terms of the model of School of Rock being different and singular. And, you know, I can chime in on this too, because I'm in one of the adult bands through School of Rock. And my son, of course, you guys know all this, but I'm sharing this with the listeners. Like he's very into School of Rock. He does multiple performance groups through you that change with the season, which I love. Like one with Santana and the most recent one's Rock the Millennials. And it's always changing, which I think is great. And then there's House Band where you can audition and, and do gigs at places like The Bitter End where the level of talent is so exciting. But all of this is based on what you've created here. It's performance-based. It's not just like a recital at the end of the year. I think you're keeping everybody incentivized to rehearse and stay with it. And I really do believe that that is unique and powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't do recitals. 
we we put on concerts, <laughs> we put on rock shows, but that you know, but that's that's really the, the big differential of, of what we are. Uh, and we tell people that you know, you're not going to be sitting in a folding chair watching one of our shows. You're going to be in a venue, right? You know, and uh, we we play a lot of cool venues over the years with the kids, and it's amazing to see their reaction. They're usually kind of casual about it until they get to the venue and they see the stage, you know, and, and to see their eyes light up that, you know, wow, we're really doing this. It's a really big moment and it never gets old for Vanessa and I. Every time we see a kid's first concert, it's just the coolest thing. Do you feel that way with your boys too? Like, do you think that this is a differentiator for them as opposed to just weekly lessons? I just think that knowing you're, you're having a performance in a couple of months versus a year later, there's value in that method that I see. Yeah, it turns the heat up on the kids. They know that yeah. they, they, <laughs> they have to learn their parts. And you, you don't want to be the kid who shows up and doesn't know your part. You know, all the, everyone else is working so hard. So they really drive each other to excel and to really get the parts down because they know eventually you're stepping on that stage and there's going to be an audience there. And there's no more powerful inspiration than that to really get your work done. Yeah, we call it the best type of peer pressure. (laughs) (laughs) They work as a team to, you know, they don't want to be the one that's the, you know, the weakest link, as we say. So they, they really all rise to the occasion. And it's usually always the case. So it's wonderful to see. And it works for the adult bands too. I mean, I can say that if, you know, if you get in there and you don't know your lyrics or you don't know your stuff, everyone's kind of looking at you like, okay, TikTok, let's get this on the road, right? So I think it it spans the ages in terms of the value of that method. Let's talk about the obvious challenge that you have faced in the pandemic with in-person instruction. And you are a performance-based school, but yet you can't perform in the traditional way. And we all really miss live music and concerts, but your business had to pivot in a major way to survive. So let's get into some of the first maneuvers that you made. And I do recall you telling me you were one of the first to rehearse via Zoom way back when we first went into lockdown. Yeah, we were the first school to transition to Zoom back in March of 2020. And yeah, it happened so quick. And everything back then, not just for us, for everybody, every industry, every we were all operating under the two week thing, right? Like, oh, we can do anything for two weeks. Right. You know, every everything was about, you know. Yeah. And obviously now, here we are a year later, but we were the first school to transition. And that was a leap of faith. Like, is this Zoom technology gonna work? And can people engage with it? And the kids, for the most part, they did. They got with it and the teachers got with it. It was a big technological hurdle. For Vanessa, me, all of the admin staff, all of the teachers and the kids, you know, I think we spent our first two months, you know, just Zoom technical support. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly. Sure. There was a big ramp up there, right? I'm like, are they hiring? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then talk to me about the gigs. Yeah, Yeah. Like, obviously, we got to a point over the summer in 2020 where municipalities were allowing you to plan something if it was run properly socially distanced and masked and all that. But again, you got us all out there. So kudos to that. But what were some of the challenges you faced and how did you work to solution them? Well, the community was really supportive. I think everybody around us, we were all going through a similar fight to just keep things as normal as they can be. Everyone needed music education during that time and some kind of goal to work towards. So it was really nice when we reached out to the municipal parks and recreation departments and they were very, very helpful and 
offered their spaces so that we could utilize them for live shows and and do so, so, like you said, in a very safe manner. But it was great. Over the spring and the summer and even the fall, we were able to have shows outside in the fresh air. And one day it was 100 degrees. Another day it was like 30 degrees. (laughs) But it was nice to feel normal. I remember, of course, I performed in in the hundred yeah, degree weather. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I remember that vividly. But yeah, the weather was okay. But like now, it's cold. Yeah, and you are turning to more of the live stream model. Mm-hmm. What's involved with that? You had the M One Theater where you was the venue, right? So you had them on board. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah, so we we had toyed with the whole live stream aspect in the summer shows with a single camera. We did a very basic live stream setup. It, the challenge there was finding internet in the middle of a park. So uh, Vanessa was able to, to get a, a device that she borrowed from a friend that was able to get the internet and then you know use it that we, so we could stream it live. So that that was very helpful. And we did that a couple of times. But now that we were moving indoors to a theater, we really wanted to step it up at the Evelyn. So we hired a professional eight camera setup. He did a fantastic job and he worked seamlessly with the sound staff in the theater to mix the sound and, and the video. And it was really a new experience for us and for the kids, you know, having the, the up close drummer mic or, or camera rather, and the, the keyboard camera and all, and all the different angles for everybody. Because for the kids, you know, being in an empty theater is also a new experience for them. Mm-hmm. When we get there and they see the big production, they see all the, you know, the, the sound crew and the video crew and, and everything that went into putting the production on, I think it hit them and they got on the stage and, and they became energized and they got, excited about it and and performed really, really well. No, they did. It looked very professional. You're right. Yeah. And again, it was the community that really stepped up because we had reached out to the Capitol Theater and they had referred to this live stream person, which was really nice. So we knew we were getting something professional. So it was nice to see everyone come together to help make sure that we could have a live stream that was professional. (laughs) And it was through our wonderful venue that we love playing at Garcia's, which is usually where we would have our shows. So it was a nice alternative. And I think we'll always work with the local theater here too. Emmeline, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. They were really, really great to the kids. And the kids were very hesitant about playing to an empty audience. It's not fun, but they did have fun. So it was, it was cool to see. No, I know Colin had a lot of fun and, you know, they were all wearing their masks, but they still sounded great. Yeah. Someone on the Facebook comments said, why are they wearing masks? I right. Know. And I said, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And you put on that show and yes, it's not a live audience, but he was very pumped up when he, mm-hmm. you know, when he called me and I just feel like you're being very creative in all of this. And that is the key. What else are you guys doing to keep things alive right now? Because we're, you know, we're getting there. It's like baby steps in 2021. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. Right. So we're we're keeping our eye on future performances and working with the Capitol Theater and Garcia is for when we can put on a show there. We're trying to get the green light to do that. Really looking forward to the day that we can do that again, which I think should be, you know, late spring, maybe early summer. Trying to book up our summer events now because I think the summer should be better So we're looking at all of the outdoor options that we have locally. So it's hard with moving targets, you know, trying to nail nail things down. So we're, we're, we're exploring every option so that we can line up as much as we can when things open up again. You guys do a camp too. Are you planning for that as well? Yes. So we do do a camp up in Woodstock. 
it's one of the things that the kids really love. And I know Colin hasn't had a chance to experience yet, but everyone who has gone and experienced it, even for the adults who are technically chaperones and music directors, love the experience of seeing these kids be each other's audience. Mm -hmm. So we go up to a place called um, Full Moon, which is a really nice resort up in Indian Hill, but it's north of Woodstock. And so it's just cool being in that area. You're, you're just completely disconnected I don't even really think they have adequate Wi-Fi there or anything like that. So the kids are just forced to really be there and be there about music and socialize with one another. And we we do it with schools from Florida and some in Connecticut. And over the past, we've had people fly in from Tennessee, from Atlanta, Georgia. All these kids get put on different teams as bands and they perform different sets throughout like a three to four day period. And they just get so pumped and the energy is great. So it's like a battle of the bands, actually. It's kind of, but there's no winning or losing. It's more just them being each other's audience and like understanding and supporting each other. Like even sometimes the kids will say, they're like, well, you know, once you experience full moon and we model it after the all-star program that School of Rock has, which is putting kids from different schools together on a team to learn music together. And they only get a few rehearsals before they perform. So it's really a challenge and you got to come knowing your stuff. But it's a unique experience for them because the kids get to be the audience uh, and they get to see each other as opposed to, you know, their parents being like, you know, with the phones recording them. Instead, it's really fully engaged in the music experience. So we love that. I think Colin's definitely in for this summer for sure. Yes, it's awesome. It's a different energy. And it's something that only School of Rock can pull off because of our relationships with other schools around the country that we're able to get together and do this. And the cool format is the kids, all the kids to prepare for it, they all learn a classic album, like a full album. So we've done you know, Led Zeppelin 1, we did a Radiohead album. They show up and then that's them kind of performing to these other schools. Like, this is us, this is what we can do. But then the rest of the trip is them integrating with the other schools and forming these, like Vanessa was describing, these new bands with new people they've never met before. They spend a couple of days rehearsing and then they do their show for everybody. So it's just, it's three days of wow, you know, for the kids, for the chaperones, the people running it. It's a singular, unique experience to School of Rock that is such a game changer. And every adult who's ever been to one is just in awe, like, wow, I, you know, I wish we had had this growing up, so, something like this. Yeah, maybe I'll be there too. <laughs> yeah. I know. We do have chaperones. No, it is the coolest band camp. You know, band camp, remember in that movie, American Pie, where they're like, oh, band camp is so dorky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little bit different, I think. Than what they were. It's a little different. But that's what you're created. That's what you have created. Mm-hmm this didn't exist when we were all growing up. And I mean, I'm kind of jealous of my kids getting to do this. So if a listener is thinking about making a change, can you give us just sort of your key takeaways, if you will? You know, what do you want them to remember from your story that can be inspiring and motivating? I mean, in this this year, especially right now, there's more than 12 million people unemployed looking for something else. You know, what, what would you like to impart to those people? I would say follow your heart and the risk is always better. The reward comes. It does come. If you feel it's the time to change and you feel that you've got the passion behind accomplishing what you need to accomplish, 
it's worth taking that risk. It really is. And not to be cliche, but you know, when a door closes, a window opens, you know, so there is that opportunity to take that leap and do what you never thought you would do. And Tori and I often pinch ourselves when we're in the day to day of running our school realizing this is our dream come true. This is something we thought was not possible when we talked about it 10 years ago. So it's really amazing to actually have it come to life. And it does take a lot of work and we've had to make lifestyle changes to make sure it works because you, when you do something like this, it requires all of you. It's not like we talked earlier, you asked me about my jobs in the past. I was lucky. I had part-time jobs. I worked from home. I didn't have to go in anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was an adjustment for me, but it was worth it. It was that balance that I realized this is definitely worth every ounce of work. It really is so rewarding. I don't know about Tori though. Tori, what do you have to say? <laughs> yeah, Tori, what does it take to achieve your bucket list career? Well, if you have a passion for something and that passion, if there's a need in your community for what that thing is, whatever that thing is, I would say jump at the chance, take the risk and do it because it can be the most rewarding thing you ever do, but it's hard. You know, it, but you, I think you just have to commit to it, listen to yourself and follow yourself. You know, Vanessa and I are lucky that we have each other. Yeah, it can be hard as a, as a couple raising a family and, and it can be difficult taking on something like this, but we've been lucky because we do have each other to bounce ideas off of and, and everything. Yeah, you're so in it together, right? Yeah. And your kids are homeschooled, so you guys are really like a unit behind this thing together. Right. It's not as if they weren't already into music. They were on board. Yeah, I was saying that the timing of it was right for us because they had just kind of come to the age where they could pick up an instrument. Mm-hmm. We knew from an early age, obviously, our house, we call it the musical petting zoo. There's an instrument around every every corner. You can't <laughs> not bump into a drum set or a piano or a guitar. So they've always been exposed to it. So they, they grew up tinkering on the piano and playing the drums and picking up guitars and stuff. So when we introduced this idea and kind of brought them into the space and showed them and explained what we wanted to do, they were like, yeah. And like Vanessa said, we, we had been playing the Guitar Hero Garage Band game, and they were fully on board with that. And for anybody out there, having the support of anybody around you, anybody close to you, it's very important to be able to pull something like this off. And it is really neat right now for them. They're teenagers and they actually have a, an interest in our success for the first time where they're like, can I get a job? Maybe I could teach Rock 101 or Rookies. And it's really nice and rewarding to see that they care about it because it was always something when we first started, it was a sacrifice. I wasn't home all the time, you know, and that was what made us make a decision to homeschool because this is an after school activity that required me to be here after school every day. And so we made the change to homeschooling so I could be with them during the day. That was a compromise sacrifice. We didn't know, but it's so great that it worked out the way it did. Well, the timing is right. Your business model choice is right. And tapping into your authentic selves, all four of you, is right. Thank you. I'm a huge fan, as you can tell. I just want to make sure we tell everyone where they can find you on all the different platforms, School of Rock Mamaroneck, Facebook, website, Instagram, of course. We just need to look for you under School of Rock, correct? Mamaroneck. Mamaroneck. It's a lot of letters, but... I know, that's like my website, bucketlesscareerspodcast.com, but yeah. <laughs> Rolls off the top. All right, you guys. It was just a lot of fun to have you on the show. Thank you. I look forward to our next performance. <laughs> and we love your family, Krista. You're awesome. Aww. You rock when you sing. And 
Colin. And, and now that we have Olivia, she's so bright. You can tell she's going to be amazing on stage. So we're really looking forward to Thank you, guys. Them. Thank you. Thanks for giving us this amazing opportunity. You clearly have the talent. <laughs> and I'm also thinking now, Krista, after talking to you today, that we should have an adult band camp up in Woodstock. <gasps> Wait a minute. Right? I mean, yes, you caught my hints that yeah. you really should. That is an excellent concept. Yeah. Sorry, I thought the same. <laughs> I know. I love that idea. We have enough people now that I think we could pull it off. All right. To be continued. Yeah, right. I like it. To be continued. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Thank you for being with me here on the show. My website is a bit of a mouthful, but it's easy to remember. It's bucketlesscareerspodcast.com. The episodes are there, but I'll be adding some videos from time to time in addition to updating blogs. So check it out, rate and review the show if you have a moment. Remember, if you want to chat with me between episodes, you can DM me at bucketlesscareers on Instagram or Facebook. I'm there too. I'd love to connect with you and hear your feedback, or if you have someone who'd be a great guest, let me know. And if you haven't already, I'd love it if you would subscribe. Join me next time right here on Bucket List Careers. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.